Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I am Kate. And, you know, if I told you I had been waiting for a very long time to start this podcast with surf dudes with attitudes, then you'd be sorely mistaken. Because I, you know, like I assume the rest of the nation between 92 and 96, I didn't go outside. I didn't partake in any of that verb, it's what you do crap. I plopped right down on my sofa, elbows deep in puppy chow, in fruit by the foots, in fruit roll-ups, in stringy fruit roll-up-y things, I believe that were called string things, and laid out in two opposing directions of a spiral. I posted up on my couch Saturday mornings and I watched TNBC, which stands for Teen NBC. And it was a glorious block of shows made by a man named Peter Engel, best known for Saved by the Bell. But following Saved by the Bell was a little show called California Dreams. And California Dreams was... A uh, more laid back, but equally as interesting to me, follow up to Saved by the Bell with a much more soothing intro song, as you just heard. They had a band called The Dreams. They played at their local watering hole called Sharky's. It was their The Max, it was their Peach Pit, whatever it may be. They had a, you know, wisecracking manager named Sly, who was kind of the screech character, but Sly was a little more handsome, if only because of his James Kennedy butt chin. And Kelly Packer delighted us all as the cute blonde keyboard and vocals. There was Heidi with the short, you know, chin length, almost female bowl cut and a light 90s wispy bang with a longer bang kind of swooped over it. There were some dudes, I forget who they were. They had great songs like Mama Said that astutely taught us. Mama Said He's the Guy to Break Your Heart and Make You Cry. Mama Said Love is Blind. That's what Mama Said. <laughs> And those are the the beautiful lyrical stylings of a bunch of 14 to 16-year-olds, I assume, in a band that I thought had a pretty serious music career. But in retrospect, it seems like Sharky's just had an open mic night every night that they just took over. I, I was a big fan of the show. I was a big fan of TNBC, period. But... You know, to be honest, I was not I, I was not as big into Hang Time and City Guys, which followed SBTB and California Dreams. Though Hang Time is about sports. City Guys, I didn't really understand what it was about. At one point, there was a show called One World. I never really got into those. I know all the theme songs, you know, Hang Time, dun, 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 something on the line, right? <laughs> And then City Guys is like, C-I-T-Y, you can see by these guys, dun, dun, something streetwise. Pretty good. Voice of an angel. I know. So now that you've heard me sing like four times already this podcast and we're four minutes in, I think it's safe to say I should change the topic, but I hope a handful of you at least remembered that and enjoyed it. I played it for my sister and she said that she immediately remembered every word, but yet hadn't heard it in like 15 years. So that's all I want out of life. I want something to bring back a sensory moment in time that you have not accessed in your brain in a while. And, you know, if you don't remember California Dreams, hopefully you enjoy my musical stylings of other theme songs. But I think I just in general really enjoy fictional TV bands, like bands on TV shows. Like California Dreams was called The Dreams, but then Zach and Saved by the Bell, they ventured into being like musical artists, like legitimate ones. And they perform on a stage when they had the Zach attacks and they sung that song called Friends Forever, which is so awesomely cheesy. And I could probably still sing, but I won't. And they had Jesse and the Sundays, which was the Lisa, Kelly, and Jesse's group when she famously took the I'm So Excited caffeine pills that now in retrospect, is a, caffeine pills are probably the best thing you can do as a teenager, let's be honest. So, you know, she was okay. Zach overreacted. I appreciated how much he cared about her, but it was creepy for him to be climbing through her window, and I stand by that. And I think he committed more of a crime in trespassing than the caffeine pills did on Jesse Spano's body. 
Anyway, I loved their song, Put Your Mind to It, Go For It. Get down and break a sweat. And then Kelly Kapowski's smoking hot in that purple thong leotard, and she jumps up with her half ponytail and her fluffy bangs. Such a babe. I um I loved Jesse and the Rippers from Full House. I love even when Jesse moved on to that other band, Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets, and that weird guy with the curly hair and the leather vest named Viper dated DJ, even though her and Steve were obviously always meant to be together. I love the beats from Doug. They sung that song about cereal. I eat my sugar cereal, but it makes my teeth bacterial. And ooey ooh, killer tofu. And you know what? I still agree with that. I do not like the texture of tofu. I have no interest in tofu. If it sneaks in a pad thai and it's covered in peanut sauce, I will eat it. I will tolerate it. But I will not actively pursue a tofu-centric dish. I love, I mean, I guess thinking about other television bands. I mean, I love Pep Alien from the Gilmore Girls. I like, I mean, I don't love Lane. She's kind of the character you tolerate. But I like the idea of Pep Alien because I'm pretty sure like Amy Sherman Palladino's best friend or the showrunner, like somebody on that show whose name is Helen Pye. And it's just... What's it called when you mix up the letters of a word? That's what Happy Alien is. And I thought that was a cool fun fact. I love all of Andy Dwyer's bands and Parks and Reputation. Parks and Reputation. That's like that's like a funny government program where Taylor Swift plays a Reputation album in the city's parks. Um, parks and Recreation. I loved all of Andy Dwyer's bands. Mouse Rat, Rat Mouse, Scarecrow Boat. I loved Bye Bye Lil Sebastian. I think that's a real banger, and I still listen to it today. I, you know, I I could go on. I will not. I really appreciate a well-executed fictional TV band. They have enough to do writing the dialogue and the character development, but to also launch a music career within a television show is no easy feat, and I just, you know, it is never lost on me. I think what I also love about... The 90s that also bled into the early to mid-2000s is... America's fascination with Southern California. When you think about the shows that were popular, 90210, Melrose Place, Saved by the Bell, California Dreams, and then kind of transferring over into the 2000s of the craze of the OC, and then Laguna Beach was supposed to be the real OC, and then that became the Hills, and then the Real Housewives of Orange County, the first franchise, was like, no, this is the Real Housewives, like the real OC. And it was like everybody was obsessed with these areas. And I guess what's so charming about these shows is that, you know, us commoners, us middle Americans, I'm an East Coaster, I'm from the Mid-Atlantic. We didn't have cool, hip Southern California problems. I didn't get to go see the boy I had a crush on who was working at the surf shop, who was asking me to go meet him at the bonfire later. We didn't have bonfires. We hung out in, I don't know, garages? <laughs> we didn't have the beach. With living near the beach comes so many different aspects that I learned from these shows. But It means most of your friends have convertibles or Jeep Wranglers. You have to be seen in a bikini regularly, which can, you know, cause a whole host of body image issues. And maybe that's why Jesse took caffeine pills. Calories in, calories out. The thermodynamic. She's got to look in that thong bikini. She's a fledgling stripping career on the horizon to be in Showgirls. And she probably knew it at the time. You know, there's a lot of money in the coastal areas. And with that money becomes oftentimes very absent parents. So they could have house parties and they could hang out at Sharky's or the Max or the Peach Pit. All the live long day and nobody's parents ever cared where they were and they never did homework, ever did anything ever. Because according to those shows, all you do in high school is play pranks on your teachers, enter in talent shows, start hobbies that you never do again the next episode, climb in people's windows to border on trespassing and, you know, have one or two very serious episodes about drinking, drunk driving or drugs or whatever, where there's a PSA, NBC, the more, you know, shooting star at the end. And, you know, they all decide to do the right thing when really we know in real life, like no teenager would do the right thing. They'd try it because it was fun. And then they'd be like, that was awesome and probably do it again. 
So, you know, we were just fascinated with Southern California in the 90s and early 2000s. And look at Clueless. Clueless was my Bible. Vacation Bible school, watching Cher and Dion just be so fierce, have virtual closets and make jokes about balls flying at noses that I didn't understand till literally yesterday. When Dion was like, there goes your social life. I was like, yeah, because that would really suck if your ball hit your face and you had a bruise and you had to go to a party. I honestly didn't even know the movie was inappropriate, and I am so lucky I didn't wave my feather pen at my teacher and be like, I was surfing the crimson wave. I had to haul ass to the ladies. Because I probably walked around saying that, thinking it was just some California slang, but really it's not. I encourage anybody to rewatch Clueless and to just marvel at all the things that went over your head and that she is making out with her stepbrother in the end. I mean, do they really think that was the best direction for the screenplay? What I would consider an entirely perfect movie, besides that one thing, It's very frustrating. Actually, Clueless was also turned into a brief TV show that I want to say it was on TGIF, bordering on the Sabrina the Teenage Witch block. I don't know that for a fact. I was actually a pretty good TV reboot of the movie. Anyway, I guess I loved all things Southern California. It was a time that was tough for me because I was born in San Diego. My parents did choose to move to Richmond, Virginia, which is a delightful town that I much more appreciate in my older age. But at the time, I was just, you know, Stuck there in the Piedmont, between the beach and the mountains, just in the rolling hills. I was like, why am I here? Why am I not in Southern California? Why is my life not like Tiffany from California Dreams? And yes, that is Tiffany with an I, and that is a very important distinction in the 1990s, because I'm sure other people did this too. I regularly changed my name. I regularly tried to get my mom to change my name. I obsessed over names that I saw on TV that I thought were conventionally cool, that if you have this name now, you're so lucky that your name was so cool back then, and I'm not making fun of it at all. I wanted to be Tiffany. I wanted to be Stacy. I wanted to be Christy. I wanted to be anybody from the Babysitter's Club. I wanted to be anybody that was a character from Mall Madness. I did not want a normal suffix. I did not want any Ys. I was not interested in any IEs. I was a KD back then. K-A-T-I-E. Like a chump. Like somebody without any creativity. I needed, I needed just an I. I wanted two E's. I would have even taken an E-I-G-H. Those creative spellings were... So delightfully hip in 90s, and I wanted one so bad at the time. And so, you know, at this time when California Dreams was popular, not only was I stuck in the rolling hills of Virginia, I was always also stuck with having to have the most vanilla spelling of my name possible, and I just could not take it. So instead of going outside, I just sat and watched California Dreams and immersed myself in the life of Tiffany with an eye. They just really seemed to live the California dream, if you ask me. And I love how you say, if you ask me, as if that's an original thought, like I just brilliantly said, they lived the California dream without acknowledging that show name was the California dreams and the band was called the dreams. And it's like that time I was watching Les Mis with Greg and I said, gosh, you know, it looks so miserable. (laughs) And he looked at me and was like, wow, good for you. What an astute observation telling me that the movie literally called The Miserables in fact, looks miserable. I wasn't even thinking about it, truly. I think that I am the original arbiter of all great thoughts. Anywho, it's 15 minutes. Have I been talking about the California Dreams theme song? (laughs) Anyway, well, I picked it. I feel like that's a great example of a song you would recognize as soon as you heard it, but it's not like you hear it all the time. It's not like you go to bar trivia about California Dreams. Sleep of the Bell, sure. Full House, sure. Friends, you betcha. California Dreams, too specific. Only two people would come, and that is the exact type of bar that I love. Minimal crowd, niche subject trivia matter. I win all the prize money and just crush it. I actually think I want to start a bar with Real Housewives trivia. If anyone's interested in the Chicagoland area and owns a bar, please contact me. Like Q1, which of the following businesses did Sonia Morgan claim to own or start? A, a toaster oven. B, a Nigerian football team. C, she hangs out with John John Kennedy all the time. 
D. Sony and the City Catering Service. E. Sonia Morgan New York Fashions. Or F. All of the above because she owns an international fashion and lifestyle brand. And of course the answer is F. And then it would be like, speaking of F, how many Fs does Erica Jane give? A. Zero. B. One. C. Two. D. Three. Or E. None of the above. And then I'd be like, trick question. It's E. None of the above. Because yeah, she gives zero, but it's zero. Not one, zero, 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 done. If you're a True Housewives fan, you would know that. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Or to quote Dorinda Mendley, clip. And then, like, we just demote the people that miss questions to friends or, like, supporting characters. You know, your Faye Resnick's, your, you know, Kim Richards in the season's post, the, you know, dark alcoholism, your Marlowe's, your Kathy Wakili's cousin, Rosie. You know, you, you get the gist. And then if there's, like, ties, we'll have Housewives-type scenarios where, like, to move forward, you have to have a heart-to-heart inside a clothing boutique while shopping for hideous clothing and spending enough on the register so the camera can pan to the register so we know how rich you are. Or maybe, you know, you have a fashion show and inexplicably in a city that doesn't really have fashion shows and is outside of Fashion Week. And I don't know a soul that has ever had a random ad hoc fashion show that is, you know, not actually in the fashion industry. And that's beside the point, I guess. But your fashion show for your swimwear line or your sunglasses or your line of statement jewelry or... or Cuffs is the same night as your charity event. You have a party planner who is a total nightmare. Perhaps they're a very large, sweaty man that seems ill-equipped to handle a party in a house that never seems to have air conditioning. Cough, Kyle Richards. And, you know, what do you do? Those are the type of, you know, intrepid spirits that I want to meet and the type of friends I want to keep and that I want to come to my trivia night at my very, very special bar that doesn't exist and probably will never go for this idea. But a girl can dream. Don't wake me up if I'm dreaming. Housewives trivia dreams. I love trivia. You know, screw nightclubs, screw sporting events, concerts, whatever. My idea of a great time is a really long trivia night where you can get super drunk and hang out with your friends and talk. But it's such a strict trivia joint that you have to put your cell phones in baskets so everyone's really present and engaged. And it's just this joyous time where nobody can rely on their phones and they have to dig deep into their brains to find information that passed through them at one point. And it's just, it's delightful. God, I love trivia. And the best part is that the names are always really funny mergers of pop culture things like Taco, Belle Biv DeVoe, or um, let me think of what will be a good Housewives one. I mean, I guess I can't think of a punny one off the cuff. I will work on this. But the first thing that comes to mind is the prostitution horse because... <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's like the funniest, best example of a housewife trying to think of a really sharp insult. Or it's kind of like how everybody mixes up figures of speech and says, you know, get the plates rolling or I have many balls spinning in the air. Like they just mix up stuff all the time and they're talking heads because I guess it's, I don't know, whatever. I think prostitution horror is a great example of Teresa Giduce misusing the English language in a way that makes absolutely no sense. And when I first started selling my What Are You Doing Here Without Dorinda mats, I was like, use code prostitution whore for 10% off. And it was so satisfying. <laughs> anyway, so it's been going on. I am still scouring the CITY for an apartment. I know I said I would stop talking about it, but I talked about this on my Patreon a couple weeks ago, and it spurred a decent amount of dialogue that I thought was really fascinating about the grass always seeming greener depending on where you live. Because one might think city dwellers are sophisticated and just living this urban dream while going out to the suburbs is somewhat of a giving up or a surrender to adulthood. But I strongly disagree. And maybe it's where I am now, but I'd say that I'm the one in a dire situation trying to live in the urban jungle, trying to make do with a, under a thousand square feet. Because... I haven't had an ice maker since I was in high school, since my childhood home. I cannot fathom a world where my refrigerator dispenses filtered water. 
And I don't have to open the fridge to find an empty Brita pitcher that I definitely put there because I am that type of person. This is like Daddy Warbucks lap of luxury. You know, what's the Monopoly guy's name? Mr. Pennybags? Moneywise? Pennybills? I have no idea. Everyone calls him that Monopoly man. It always kind of bothers me because he does have a name. And I think it's, is it Professor Pennybags? Whatever. I hate that game. It's boring. Game of life or bust. Meanwhile, in my own game of life, which is really just me scrolling through my Facebook feed, looking at my friends' updates about how much further ahead they are in life than me, I just some days feel like I I drew the split level in the $10,000 a year salary when, you know, everyone on Facebook seems to have the tutor. And I just loved the tutor and I loved the mansion. And for some reason, they made the split level look like kind of a shack. But really, split level is kind of a great situation when you think about it, because it has one room with a whole floor in isolation. But they made it look more like a desolate ranch, at least in the version of life I played. But anyway, I just, you know, sometimes I really feel behind in life and I'm not sure why I don't feel more inspired to move ahead and, you know, have a family and get out to the burbs and start to settle. But some days I'm okay here. I'm okay in not being able to house guests that come stay with me because I don't have a second bedroom. You know, if you want to sleep in my home for free to come visit me, you're going to have to sleep on a love seat that's pretty much for decoration and really isn't comfortable. I'd offer you the regular couch, but my husband falls asleep on it and it's impossible to get him up after he's been watching four hours of ancient aliens on a Friday. I just, you know, I want a garbage disposal. I do. I really do. I want to not have that stench of whatever I just cooked, whatever bacteria is growing on it, lingering in my trash bin because I didn't feel like going out to the back alley to take it to the dumpster at night. And then once you actually muster up the strength to go down to the dumpster in the rat-infested alley, off in the distance you see a father and a son playing basketball in the rat-infested alley, and you think to yourself, Is this a crystal ball for what will be my husband and my unborn child's future? And who's to say we'll even be able to own a single family home and even be able to put a makeshift hoop on the back of the building should we have to get approval from some obnoxious co-op board that sends passive aggressive emails slash I'm really hoping they do because I live for the drama, don't want to be in it, just want to observe. Like this is where I am right now in life and... (laughs) I dream of storage, I dream of guest bedrooms, I dream of ice, I dream of garbage disposals, I dream of a yard where Tugboat can run around and not have to play hopscotch with syringes and broken glass. I dream of having a laundry room, like a full-on room. I can't believe you guys just, I mean, you you, you live in opulence. You have a full room just for the most menial task in the house. <laughs> like if I had a spare room, I don't think I would. Yeah, I, I don't think I would dedicate it to laundry. I think I'd have a podcast room or a room where I sequester Tugboat when he's being bad or I don't know. If I had all those rooms, I'd have a room just for all of the Amazon boxes I don't feel like breaking down and therefore am not allowed to throw away yet. But like they just need to live somewhere before I muster up the strength to risk all of the paper cuts and, you know, to probably use my keys because I'm too lazy to find a scissors to break down those boxes because they're not allowed in my building's dumpster without being broken down. And I think that's a little bit annoying because... I just, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like broke down boxes are really harder to carry because their size, I can't fully wrap my arm. Anyways, it's not important. This is like the least interesting conversation I've ever had. But like, obviously I complain with jest, you know, there's many, many things to be grateful for, but it is such an interesting game these days. Like looking at, you know, where your friends are in life and you can't help but compare yourself a little bit, even though you shouldn't. And like, I just feel like one day I woke up and every person I went to high school and college with suddenly has F.U. new construction money. They are just full on assembling 
their houses as they want them with beautiful fixtures and different floor plans from these great builders who take care of your entire yard. And, you know, they're deciding, you know, whether or not they put the mud room or the laundry room there. And I'm like, you have a room for mud? My husband and I are arguing over if it's a big deal if we have a place that has coin, laundry or not in the basement. And I'm not even trying to get in unit. I just don't want to have the least fun Dave and Busters in town in my basement where I have to pay like $10 every time I do laundry because I don't do it often enough to have small loads. These are the things that I just that make me feel a little bit behind. And, you know, I think it is kind of an annoying thing as an adult. You don't want to have to take your laundry out of your house. So you have to, like, conceal the laundry. And then if you're in the elevator and your dog just had an accident or, you know, I've never done this, not speaking from experience, but let's say you got a little too excited watching Bravo and you spilled your entire glass of red wine on the couch and you need to immediately wash the covers. And then you get in the elevator with the dog stench or the wine stench and you're making polite small talk with your neighbor. But like any, you know, elephant in the room, a strong scent, it's hard to make polite small talk over. And... Your neighbor probably just thinks you're a big booze hound or your dog's digestive system is really touch and go and it's embarrassing. And frankly, I'd just rather keep my embarrassing laundry in the comfort of my own home. And I don't think that's too much to ask. And my husband says it's, quote unquote, not a big deal. Marriage. Am I right? Anyway, I guess uh, it's interesting. It's interesting watching people's houses be built and just not even understanding Having that much control over my home when I just spend all my days making Excel spreadsheets being like, Okay, well, my packages will probably get stolen, but it has a washer dryer and has a yard, but also it was built in the late 1800s and may give me like a series of allergy attacks in the late spring, early summer and mid to late fall. These are actual things I've written down in my spreadsheet, prioritizing the different things about apartments. And to update people, if you care, we do have somewhere to go. I think I said that last week, June 1st. We just have to find somewhere in the middle. And so it's just been this funny saga. And just, yeah, I guess I can't relate to my friends. Well, not even my friends. These are just... I probably have 1,200 Facebook friends and actually interact regularly with 20 of them. They're like friends of friends or high school friends or people I met once. They're just like kind of random people are always the ones that just are like soaring through life. And it's truly amazing to watch and I'm happy for them. But, you know, I still will just continue to brag about the table that Greg and I made this one time three years ago where I pretend on my Instagram like, oh, you guys keep asking about this sofa table. Let me tell you about it. We're such DIYers. You can do it too. Uh, the stars, they're just like us. I'm just kidding. Instagram stars, they're just like us. I pretend I am not an Instagram star. An Instagram star, I think, needs to be above 500K. And I only have about 500K until I'm at that status. So call me a star if you want. It's totally up to you. But yes, we did make a table once out of this really pristine Home Depot, untouched virgin lumber and worked very hard to beat it with a chain. I walked all over with stilettos. We put 15 different types of stain on it because we wanted it to look like reclaimed barn wood because we want to fit in. And we are very proud of that one table. And I will continue to post about it to my heart's content. And I guess also these people... Uh, Actually, my like immediate friends, most of us don't have children yet, which I think is interesting for 30 because I am from Virginia. Like I'm definitely not from a big city and you would think people would have kids younger, but most of my sister's friends have kids. My sister-in-law, who is young and a total babe and two years older than me, has three children. She has so many kids and she's cool and with it and doesn't seem... I don't know, all the fears I have of being a mom, she just doesn't embody that at all. But I just see myself just being like totally disconnected from the world and so overwhelmed all the time. And I don't, I don't know why. But then I see all these people on social media, like they have so many kids, they're having all the kids. And I cannot even imagine 
it's so hard for me to even think about having one. Like it stresses me out so much. And maybe it's because I like a big reason I wanted to get tugboat is to, so to teach myself to be tethered. I haven't even had a car in 10 years because I've lived in cities. So I don't even have to get my oil changed. Like there's nothing I need to do consistently besides go to the dentist. I don't even do that twice a year. I, uh, is that gross? I don't know. The dentist, that jury's out for me sometimes on dentists. I agree that it's important to get your teeth cleaned and stuff. And I take very good care of my teeth. And I do have an electric toothbrush and I do do the full two minutes. And so I don't know. Sometimes when I go to the dentist, they just floss the crap out of my teeth and they hurt. And I swear that they make up that I have cavities when I have no sensitivity or prior issues. And every dentist I go to, they find a new cavity or a new cap wrong. And I'm like, are you just trying to make yourselves not obsolete or is this a real problem? I feel like I'm at a car mechanic and they're telling me something's broken and I don't have, I don't know better to tell them. If there are any dentists out there, I do not mean to discredit your profession. You are very, very important, especially to younger people, especially to people with bad teeth, especially, you know, in anything adjacent to orthodontia. It changed my life. It changed my face. I'm just curious if I really do need like the fluoride treatment twice a year or like is once a year fine because it's more my vibe. I dread it so much I could handle it once a year. But after the first time in the year, I all I do is just like dread thinking about going back. And, you know, maybe there's an opportunity there. White space in the industry. How can we make dentistry more enjoyable? Could you put me under? Could I get like a two for one where I get another surgery and get my teeth cleaned? I don't know. Just something to think about. I don't know. I think the hard part for me, and I think everyone feels this way, it's like the older you get, you still feel really young. And the way I talk about myself being a mom in my head is literally like it's going to be in a decade. I think I'm 20, even though my, you know, ovaries certainly beg to differ. This seems so far off to me, but it's not. It can't be. And I need to get on board. And I don't know why I feel so much younger than other people. Or maybe all of you felt the exact same way and you just bit the bullet and did it anyways. And I would love to hear about that, too. I think it's helpful to share stories of, you know, some people just you know, like Kylie. who's like, I've wanted to be a mom since I was 12. And I'm like, yikes. If I had that much money, Kylie Jenner, I can certainly say I would put them on ice and just coast and enjoy my life. But maybe motherhood is enjoying life. I'm not saying it's not. Like, I think that I just get mixed messages. Some people are like, enjoy your youth. Hold on to it. And some people are like, mother, it's the greatest gift. You'll never look back. And that's where I feel a little confused. It's like how everybody in college, all the alumni came back and they're like, never graduate, stay in college forever. But then like when I got to the real world, I was like, oh my God, this is so much better than college. Why did everybody tell me that? Everybody made me so scared to graduate, but like I am way more equipped for adult life than I ever was for like an irresponsible party, untethered free life. I need stuff to do. I need a purpose. And in college, I had no purpose. And your purpose is to have fun and be young, wild and free. But if you have learned anything about me, you would probably learn that wild and free are two words I would not use to describe myself. <laughs> but anyway, what am I even talking about? Oh, yeah, I was talking about Facebook. Oh, Greg and I's favorite things in the entire world to watch on Facebook are gender reveal videos, mostly because it's an interesting aspect of child rearing on social media that's fairly new and people are still finding these new and crazy ways to do it. And I love watching them and I'm always so happy for people. Everything, you know, about babies is joyful and I will never hate anybody for sharing, especially with family and friends near and far that you can't be with all the time. I have no other way of seeing my friends' families grow up, but I think what fascinates me about gender reveal videos that I can't, I don't know if I can see myself doing is people who can tolerate the pressure of having an emotional reaction in front of people in real time, much less to live on in video form afterward. But if you look hard enough, there's always one person that's just a smidge disappointed. And I really feel, I like, I really feel for them because children are a blessing and you'll love the same their way and blah, blah, blah. I don't care who you are. Every human needs a brief period of readjustment when their expectations aren't met. And this format of finding out that gender doesn't allow for it, therefore requiring you to like 
be all kept super pumped, like fake pumped almost to overcompensate for your, you know, disappointment. And I put myself in this situation. I cringe at the mere thought. I hate when people watch me open presents. I was throwing a surprise party in high school and they chose to surprise me when I was coming down the basement stairs and then I fell down the stairs. There's a video footage somewhere of me being proposed to that I refuse to watch and will never revisit because I really like things. I like to remember things how I saw them in my head from my own perspective. And when you're brought objectively out of the special situation and you watch yourself react, then you become self-conscious about something that was otherwise special to you. Similarly, I don't want to record my gender reveal. I don't even know if I want to have one in front of other people because I wouldn't want them to think I'm a bad mother because I secretly wanted one gender or the other. Then everyone I've seen that posts videos are incredible actresses. Otherwise, I don't think anybody would post it if they clearly were a little bit bummed out. But if you look hard enough, one person definitely is. And I find a little bit of humor in it because we're only human. And like, it's okay to need a minute to level set your expectations. And, you know... I actually don't think I'd really care, but I can see myself, you know, getting up all in my own head and being like, well, Greg has three sisters and I really want him to have a boy. And then I'll get really excited about the idea, even though I'm like definitely better with girls. But, uh, you know, a boy would get me out of going to sports games because then like my husband could just take the boy and then they could do sports stuff. and Then I wouldn't have to watch him at home. And, you know, I mean, maybe you magically become interested in stuff your kid does when you become a mom that you think is otherwise boring. But I just don't really see myself really loving Spending my, you know, Saturday mornings in the crisp fall air on the sidelines of a YMCA youth soccer game, watching a bunch of kids that are way too young to play an organized sport run around in a cluster while my kid probably cries because if he's anything like me, he wants to please people. And if he's not very naturally athletic, he'll get frustrated and just want to go home. Like, that's the sort of thing that I think about. And that's what will be running through my head in my gender reveal when I was, you know, really fantasizing about never having to sit at a youth soccer game again, uh, beyond my own experience playing youth soccer when I promptly quit and then just watched, you know, TNBC for the rest of my Saturdays. I'd be thinking about all of those things. And then when I popped my balloon or cut into my cake or detonated a car, I would have a moment where I might be a little disappointed. You know what I mean? But yeah, I guess, oh, I was thinking about this because I saw this video. I, I don't know if I'd call it viral. It had a medium amount of views. It was, <laughs> it was a gender reveal. And the people got two junk cars. Painted one pink, painted one blue. Had a detonator. <laughs> and then one of the cars blew up. <laughs> and then nobody knew if the car that exploded was the gender or if the remaining car was the gender. And everybody just seemed really, really confused. And it made, made us laugh so hard. And we were like, this is just, this is getting out of hand. This getting out of hand. I just, I don't know. It would make me want to do a gender reveal that's like so elaborate that it just like beats out everybody and it's just like so an obvious ploy to try to get those views and to get those ad dollars. Because if I've learned anything from the internet, it's that your best bet at making money is to exploit your children and to have them unwrap toys and to film it and then to make $11 million a year and then live in probably crippling fear that your child will grow up and either be not cute or disinterested in their YouTube career. And then you'll have put all of your Hatchimals eggs in, in one basket and be at risk of having no income following its 13th birthday. So I don't know. I am a little bit bitter toward people that make $11 million a year because their kids open presents and it just really further reinforces the problem of spending too much time on screens as a kid and the problem of indulgent consumerism. But who am I to deny their genius? It's just like, you know, me snarking at a bed and breakfast that a blogger posts of an aerial view that I'm like, who took that? Because those are your legs and that's your hand and that's your coffee mug. If you were getting a free comped breakfast, why are you just ordering mixed fruit? 
get the eggs your way. Get the eggs, the hash browns, toast or pick from French toast or pancakes for an upcharge. Get your hash browns, then maybe get a cup of fruit on the side and move the eggs your way if you really want to. But they just always look like these really fresh and healthy breakfasts that, you know, if I was being treated, I would treat myself. And treating yourself is breakfast meats. You know what I'm saying? If that were me, I would absolutely demand my husband climb on the bed and take an aerial shot of me with my coffee mug and my French press and my fresh fruit. And I will say the one cardinal rule a blogger can break about breakfast that I've shown people on Instagram is you have got to press your grounds. You have got to make sure that if you have an obvious cup of coffee visible, that you have pressed the grounds down prior to pouring. Because if you haven't, that shows you know nothing about coffee. And it makes me question the authenticity of your post. Also, do you really drink black coffee? Also, isn't it amazing how many people drink tea in the morning? If you are one of those people, no offense. I think it's great. I'd love to be that person. It just doesn't pack enough punch for me. I'm just amazed. Like when people go to Starbucks and order like a huge ass tea, I'm like, is that really worth the $5? Like I can't brew my own, you know, lattes. I don't have an espresso machine. This is value for me, but you're just steeping a bag in some hot water. Go elsewhere. Get out of line. And who am I? Who am I kidding? I don't just stand in line. I mobile order. You know what's funny, too, is when I get on this microphone, I become this, like, ornery person that complains a lot. But I'm actually pretty pleasant IRL and don't really care about any of this. And I just think it's funny to talk about. There are things I observe but literally don't hang on to or really think twice about. So anyway, if you have sponsored breakfasts in bed or drink tea or do a gender reveal, I support you. I salute you. I respect you. I want to be you. All of my observations are out of my own confusing feelings about where I am with my own life. And, you know, I just wanted to to talk about it today. I, I wait to kind of channel my energy somewhere, B to vent because it's fun and I'm here and I have a mic and you're here. So why the hell not? And C, I think it's something we all go through. I think we all compare ourselves to each other and we all, you know, try to picture ourselves in different scenarios and wonder if we're behind or what we're doing. And I don't know, but I do think gender reveals are kind of hilarious and I probably will have one. I feel like though, since I am so like feeling so far detached from the prospects of me being a mom that it'll be so far in the future. I'm legit picturing self-driving cars and hovercrafts. Instead of the junk cars, it'll be pink hovercraft and blue hovercraft. And since my husband's a big Fast and the Furious fan, the person waving the flags will be the late Paul Walker, RIP, gone too soon. Wanted to name my dog Paul Walker, P-A-W, for the longest time. Just felt, again, like it was too soon. He will wave the flag, start the race. It'll be a drag race uh, to see which gender wins first, except since we live here, everyone will probably have to participate via virtual reality in their respective locations. But since I don't care about cars or racing, I would make it also be themed to be like Mario Kart. So it would be like a drag race, but like on Rainbow Road with that really nice whistly maniac music. And, you know, everybody would participate and go through the gorgeous strips of Rainbow Road that kind of look like the Regal Cinema's faux roller coaster before you watch the movie where when you were younger, you put your hands up. But as an adult, you still kind of feel like it, but it's a little lame. And we'd all have a great time reminiscing about how awesome Mario Kart was, specifically on N64, and then get to see which gender wins in the virtual reality of my gender reveal. But then the twist ending would be that nobody wins and it wouldn't matter because I don't want anybody to see me be disappointed. I don't really think I care. And at the end of the day, I just want an excuse to throw a party and outdo other people and to get those views so I can generate those ad dollars and have that FU new construction money. And that's... Isn't that the goal? Isn't that the dream? Isn't that the California dreams? You make my dreams come true. Sweet dreams are made of this. Hey, now, don't dream it's over. Dream lover, come rescue me. Say you'll remember me standing in a nice dress, standing in the sun, bet, dress, something, babe, wildest dreams. I was seeing how long I could go with naming dream-related songs. God. Taylor Swift, you got me. When does she say, well, oh, in your wildest dreams? Oh, see, that wouldn't have really gone well on that tangent anyway, so... 
really excited. June 1st, Reputation World Tour. Who's going to be there? I can't wait. It's the day I'm moving. Isn't that my luck? It's like my one big event of the year. And I like debatably might miss it, depending on if my movers finish up. Maybe I'll go on June 2nd. Oh my gosh, the nicest thing happened to me last week. Somebody that follows me on Instagram had an extra ticket to the World Taylor Swift Reputation World Tour in another city and invited me to come with their friends because they're super fans too and they dress up and I do have a shirt that says, darling, I'm an adult dressed like a preteen that I wear to Taylor Swift concerts. And I was so honored. And that that is my best case scenario in life. I don't have any interest in being famous. I don't have any interest in really being well known. I'd love for my name to be known. I'd love for my work to be known. I'd love for my face to be unknown. And I would love to meet awesome people around the world who share my interests and who I can bond with and have fun experiences with and just have reached them through this amazing technological medium that is so often not used for good things, but so often is used for great, great things. So anyways, thank you to that person. That meant the world to me. And please don't feel like you guys need to invite me to stuff. I'm cool. It was like unexpected. And I thought it was really sweet. And I just, you know, I love being invited to stuff. Whether it's in the bathroom doing the party drugs, whether it's to a concert in another city, I just want to be included, you know? Anyway, guys, the other disappointing outcome of this week following last week's podcast is it seems Chloe took Tristan back. The baby's name is True Thompson. At first, I LOL'd at this, given the fact that he is not truthful, and then found out it's like Chris's father and father's father's name. And I love a family name. If I had an unconventional family name, I would definitely use it because I think that the unconventional names are best executed when grounded in history, ancestry, something that like you're really proud of, represents your roots. I love that so much. Something, an aspect I love of the South is that people do often have interesting first names because they go by their middle name, which is typically like a maiden name or some name from an ancestor. And I think it's really, really cool. But true is kind of ironic given the coincidence. And that's unfortunate. And it's also unfortunate that she's not throwing more of a fit. But part of me thinks that she's just trying to rock the boat. She's trying to get people to stop talking about it. And she's just trying to enjoy this time as a mom because Chloe doesn't mess around. I really, really don't see her taking it back. Like part of me thinks she was kind of a pushover with Lamar. And she is kind of traditional. And she gives up her life and moves to Cleveland or wherever for her men. But part of me just really hopes she'll she'll hold strong. And, you know, it sounds so wrong to say do the right thing to leave the father of her kid. And I understand how that sounds, but I really think that this has transcended an indiscretion. This has transcended a mistake that deserves some forgiveness. This to me is just another level of scum that would upset me to, to give people the idea that it's an okay way to behave and that women will just forgive them because I just don't think they should. And as you, if you listen to my podcast last week, you know that about me. <laughs> I really was worried that was a little bit too harsh. Sorry if it was. I was pretty fired up. I'm feeling a little bit better this week. You know, if anyone cares, I, uh, I'm getting there. Once I find a sublet for May, just be ready for this podcast. Just to be an explosion of positivity. <laughs> just kidding. It will not be, I guarantee you, because I'll probably be annoyed by my furnished sublet and all the black leather sofas. Leather's just very cold to sit on. And I feel like every sublet I go to, it's like a dude. And I don't really know why they're moving, but they all have these really puffy leather sofas that are so comfortable. But right when you sit on them, it's very cold, especially in the morning. Would love to hear how people combat this problem. When my husband and I consolidated housing, he did have to get rid of anything that was black and every, anything that was leather. Because that's like the token palette of a 20-something bachelor, I suppose. Anyway, the thing I will leave you with, the song I will leave you with, is another dream song. Dream adjacent song. But this song does not have the word dream in the title. It is the name of the girl group. And it is four lovely women that danced around in pink pleather pants and sang this incredibly important song called He Loves You Not. And this song means a lot to me, not just because it's catchy, not just because I love Dream, not just because they are the quintessentially the most 90s, you know, Claire's accessories, inflatable furniture, butterfly clips in hair, 90s representative of them all, but also because 
I danced to this song on stage at my eighth grade talent show and a medley of other songs that included Butterfly by Crazy Town, Vanilla Ice, uh, Independent Women. I mentioned I had a dark memory with Independent Women a few podcasts ago. We danced on stage to this long medley of, of songs that were popular at the time, called ourselves the International Ladies of Mystery. Not totally sure why. Sounds adjacent to Austin Powers, but the music we had started with the Charlie's Angels soundtrack, so unclear. Long story short, I had this amazing pair of uh, LEI jeans. Should have gone with mud. Don't know what I was thinking. And LEI, I thought, had a better fit. They had a little bit more of a stretch to them, whereas mud were a little crunchier. My LEI jeans, I wore on stage and was so proud of how I looked. It was kind of a coming of age. It was the eighth grade. I, I, was, I got my braces off. I was starting to feel a little bit more confident. I finally found my side part. And I go down in somewhat of a frog-type dance move. When the song Ice Ice Baby was playing right before He Loves You Not, and I ripped my pants on stage in eighth grade in front of the entire school, in front of my parents, in front of my father who was video recording. And yes, this footage still exists. And yes, I'm going to my parents this weekend. And if I am ready, I will watch it. And maybe I will share a little bit with you on Instagram. But again, I may not be ready. And it is obvious. You, you see a white blur and somewhere in the back of my LEI jeans and my full-seated underwear, thank God, but also gross if I wasn't doing that in eighth grade. And you watch me not turn around as the other girls turn around for their dance moves. You watch me dance to He Loves You Not tepidly because I am mortified and I don't know what to do. And uh, guys, it was bad. It was just like textbook embarrassing moment, you know? And uh, it took me a long time to be able to listen to this song again. And I'm grateful to have moved past it because I wanted to share it with you today. And it's kind of, you know, given the circumstances we're under with Chloe, it's kind of the opposite of the feminist anthem that I would rather be singing because the song's messaging is really like, he loves me, he loves you not, like, you can try to get my man, but he's not going anywhere. And it's very much from the perspective of a girl that's like, it's not a problem that my man's being kind of flirty with you and leaving a small open window in case you want to slide in. The problem is that you are coming on too strong. And like, that's not really the problem. Can we just be honest for a second and acknowledge that anybody who, if if a woman is coming on to your man so strong, like weirdly strong, despite knowing he's in a relationship, like actively ignoring you, the guy is giving some sort of window or indication or there's some reciprocity happening because no person is just going to like blindly full court press, hardcore pursue some guy that's completely committed and taken in a relationship and has absolutely no interest. Like that's so embarrassing. You wouldn't do that. So, you know what, Dream? Get with the times. It's a little regressive, but it is catchy, and it does match, I think, what Chloe must be feeling now because she must think she's got him in the bag. And just because he cheated, you know, anywhere from 8 to 12 times doesn't mean I'll do it again. Patterns don't exist. <sighs> I get so frustrated. Anyway, I gotta go. Gotta go. 45 minutes. Gonna cut it a little shorter this week. Shorter. It's not short at all. I was gonna try to make this a 30-minute podcast, but I never can. It's too hard. So much to say. So much to do. So little time. My favorite Mary-Kate and Ashley ABC family show. <laughs> Anyway, guys, enjoy the music. Enjoy your week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reminiscing. And I love you tons, and I mean it. And please rate and review and subscribe. And go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash be there in five with an F-I-V-E, not the number five. Or look in the show notes. I have links to all of this stuff. And if you want to pay $1 so I keep making this podcast so I can pay somebody to produce it and it sounds better. Just to help keep me going and feel like I'm making a dent in the world. I don't know that this is worth your time. It would mean a lot to me. It's kind of less about the dollar and more just like I'm very honored when people take the time to like go to another website and create a login and want to hear bonus content and want to hear more of what I have to say. It's like it just I don't know, it means a lot to me and it makes me feel like I'm doing something right and I should keep going. So thank you to those who already do. Um, and uh, yeah, 
As always, let me know your thoughts, and I'll let you know mine. I'll be there in five, I swear. You're pulling petals off a flower, trying to 